Triple M. Ringers Western Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship. One of the gents who has already had a run through this morning is Mark Buttsworth, who joins us now. G'day, Mark. G'day, Lee. How you going? Very well, mate. Uh, okay, Camp Draft Championship. Can you talk to us a little bit about the sport of camp drafting as someone who's, as Zeke, just ridden through this morning? Yeah, Lee, I guess it originated in the early days with you know people working on stations and uh, seeing who had the best horse, and then um, obviously it's a cattle working event, so... Uh, Basically, um, you know, there's a mob of cattle in the yard and you've got to cut it out and bring it up the front of the yard and show the judge how good your horse can hold him under pressure. And uh, and then outside there's a right-hand peg and a left-hand peg and then a gate further out. So you do it in a in a cloverleaf pattern, round, round, round to the left here first and then, then round the second one and, and uh, then through the gate if you can, you know, and it's scored accordingly. So, yeah. you know, your degree of difficulty, how nice your horse handles under pressure and all that sort of thing all come into your score. It scored from 26 points maximum in the yard to 70 maximum horsework points and then four points for your course. So there's the two for the first one and then one for the second and one for the gate after that. It must keep you on your toes. It's a bit unpredictable. We were watching a bit before and those cattle do not want to go where you want them to go <laughs> a lot of the time, do they? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there is an art in picking cattle too. You know, the you know the real consistent good competitors, they, they go around, you know, partly because of their cattle picking skills and their ability, but... Um, yeah, you've got three draws. There's your mind, the horse's mind, and the cow's mind, so mm. makes it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, how did you get into camp drafting? Yeah, I just um, always had a, a bit of a thing for horses and um, and love stock, you know, so, yeah. you know, being on, reared on the land, you sort of, you sort of, um, you know, it just is part of your life, I guess, and working on stations, you you just kind of, um, yeah, just just think you want to have a go and see how good you are, I guess, Lee, yeah. yeah. And you've got uh, half a dozen horses in uh, for this event? Yeah, we've got six in the event, and then we brought an extra three with us that are getting ready for another event, sort of, in a, in a yeah, we, I've got the cutting faturity on the way home to do with a different lot of horses, yeah. and then, um, then then we've got to get to Concurry for the Stockman's Challenge, so we've, we've got those ones with us, and my workman's going to meet me with the cutting horses on the way back at Tamworth, yeah. Amazing, and you've travelled quite a way for here as well. Uh, Kingaroy, yeah, yeah so nice. a couple of days. So, the State of Origin event, uh, a little bit later on, um, how are we feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, Queensland's usually pretty strong, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's a high-risk one to say yeah, here, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, wrong part of the world to make those bold claims. <laughs> yeah, no, Queensland's yeah. usually pretty strong in most things they do, as it yeah. turns out. Oh, well, it's all, all in fun, you know, so yeah. whatever's meant yeah. to happen will. Yeah. What's it like for you when you're going through a run? Like, what goes through your mind? What are the What's the adrenaline, the emotions like as yeah. you're starting out? <laughs> I guess, I guess, really, it's just like a controlled emotion. You you want to be as aggressive as you can to get the maximum points, Lee. But um, you know, you've also got to let you let your beast get to the point where it's going to go around the next obstacle too. So yeah. if you go too early, you're gonna you're gonna wreck it. You know, so so. Um, but you know, it's very fast. I mean, you know, it is a dangerous sport. You know, if it's if it's not done right, you know, and um, you know because of the speed involved. So you've always got those factors to consider as you're going. But gen- generally, with a ground like this, the you know, Mac has done a really good job with the surface here. It's really safe, so, you know, that part's good. Yeah, outstanding. And uh, the, the sport itself hasn't been going for that long here at Malinga Park. How many times have you been here to this? Uh, I think this is the fourth from memory, but I, I, I think, yeah, yeah. roughly that. Beautiful. Yeah.
keep, keep you coming back. Yeah. Beautiful venue. Mark, thank you so much for catching up with us this morning. All the best. We'll let you go because we know that you've got a little bit happening throughout the course of the day. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I hope to catch up with you through the course of the week. No worries. Thanks, Lee, and thanks to Terry Snow for putting it on. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hopefully catch up with Terry Snow over the course mm. of the next couple of days as well. He's the man behind Willinga Park and uh, the man sure behind is. the event. Riverine is Triple M, and we are live at Willinga Park this morning. And, of course, the Ringers West and Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship is getting underway pretty much as we speak the first round to talk to us all about it. The General Manager of Willinga Park, Chad Percival. G'day. G'day, Lee. How you going? Very well. Very excited to be here. Mate, looks awesome. You must be so happy to finally get it going after all the planning. Yeah, it's been a long time coming here. We've had probably three months of planning this event, and it's all just come together. It looks great. And how many years has it been running for this year, Chad? Uh, This is our fifth year it's been running for. Amazing. And obviously, it's such a huge event. For people who aren't able to come over here, talk to us about how big this is in the camp draft world. Well, this is probably the biggest camp draft event in Australia. It's it's the biggest purse that's going around and the most um, competitors as well. With it, you, it's not just the one event. I mean, you've got the, the gold buckle as, you, I guess, your premier event, but there's so many events going on over the, over the four days. Yeah, we've got the um, juniors on the Saturday. We've got the juveniles as well, the ladies' dash for cash, which that's always a, a big crowd pleaser. And then we've got the um, state of origin or the teams event, which is three guys or three girls going against each other for um, $20,000, winner takes all. And then we've got the cutout as well. That's on a Friday night. Speaking of State of Origin, how far are people coming from to come to this event? Uh, we've got people coming from Rockhampton uh, and Victoria as well. We've got one from Western Australia as well. That's a heck of a trek to uh, come down, for, but you can see why. Uh, mate, talk to us very quickly about Willinga Park. It's an incredible venue. Yeah, there's over 2,000 acres here. Uh, we've got most disciplines of show jumping, uh, dressage. Uh, we deal with a lot of cattle as well. We've got a big big farm out at Murrum Bateman. There's over 2,000 head of cattle out there as well. That's, we've got 1,800 head of cattle here for the camp draft. Um, so they've made the voyage over the hill down here to um, perform in front of uh, a packed crowd of about 3,000 people. It's going to be huge on Saturday. Now, tickets still available? That's correct. Yeah, you get tickets available online or you can get them at the gate. And, of course, you're live-streaming the whole event as well, so willingapark.com.au is where you can go for that. Mate, always a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much for having us here because it is such a good, cool event and it is just looking amazing with the grandstand and everything set up, the food trucks around. I'm really looking forward to getting into it today. The Ringers Western Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship. Chad Percival from Willinga Park, thank you for your time. No problems, Lee. Look forward to catching up with you over the weekend. We are catching up with former Hawthorne Premiership player and now camp drafter extraordinaire, Josh Gibson. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm well. That was a nice intro. <laughs> yeah, well, look, got to be nice to the guests who are coming on. Uh, mate, how's the week been for you? No, look, it's been uh, fantastic. Terry Snow and, and his operation here put on a, a wonderful spectacle. You really need to just uh, visit this place to appreciate how phenomenal it is. Um, 400 and something odd runs plus runs and um, it's gone off without a glitch so far so real credit to his whole team for what they've done. We need to thank you for your invitation because we had no idea that this was a thing and then we talked to you a few months back and you invited us here and we're blown away. I rarely lie guys, I told you to come here to be a good experience, Uh, just need to get you on the horse now, that's the the second part two. Well, I've done a little bit of it. Uh, it's this one that you need to need to get onto. But it's the thing that's blown us away is how fast paced it is as well. No, it is. Um, it's a high octane sport, 
and it, it definitely gets the uh, the adrenaline going because um, you know when you see it here, we've got the best riders in the country and the best horses, and when you're competing for a hundred thousand dollars, everyone's going hole for leather, and um, it's a pretty good spectacle when that's happening. What's the learning curve been like? Oh, look, it's. Uh, it's amazing, you know. You're always learning in this sport. The fact that you know you've got your mind, the horse's mind, and a cow's mind, and you're trying to get them all in sync for a short period of time. Uh, you never master it. You're always learning, and, and certainly someone like me that's got no cattle background or awareness on how to choose a cow. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm learning at a frantic rate. Has there been any transferable skills from the footy field to camp drafting? <laughs> Just the competitiveness, I reckon. <laughs> uh, it's tough, though. Like, I was, I was saying this to someone uh, just last night. It's hard when, you know, I was, I was okay at football and, you know, a sport, a sport that I mastered and then you go into doing something else and you sort of want to be good at it straight away, you know, yeah. and that's I mean, when you're a competitive person, that's probably the thing I found the toughest. That, um, you know, you just, it's going to be a, a very slow burn over a long, long period of time. How many BNFs did you win? Two. Yeah, okay at footy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How many premierships was it? Uh, we, we won three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, you're working with Foresight now as well. Tell, them about, tell us about Foresight. Yeah, look, it's our family business. Um, it's the, uh, we, we make joint supplements for uh, dogs, cats, horses and humans. It's the only thing that's proven to be disease-modifying for arthritis, so it's, it's pretty advanced in what we do. And, um the best horses, the best dogs. Um, well, in this, we're talking about horses now, but the best horses—they all use it because they they understand how important it is to protect their joints, and and um, you know that's why we get behind events like this and sponsor them because you know our slogans—it's a revolution in joint care, and it and it really is. So, you know, as a brand, if you can align yourself with the best events, and the Wollinga Park Gold Buckle is definitely one of them. So, we love sponsoring this event, and um, and as you guys have seen for the short time you've been here, um, it's fantastic. We've noticed, uh, and speaking to some of the competitors and some people associated with the sport just in the last couple of days, that it seems to be going undergoing a bit of an explosion in popularity at the moment. As somebody who does spend a bit of time over in the States, can you see it really starting to take off over there as well? Yeah, look, it's now the, the second largest equine sport, so it's you know behind thoroughbred racing. Um, it's, it's past eventing, so it is huge camp drafting. And it's funny, you know, I, we, we sponsor the Cutting Futurity in America, so I'm over there for three times a year. And, you know, everyone's asking, do you reckon you could see camp drafting going over there? And the only thing that probably makes it tough is their weather, um, you know, because being an outdoor sport. But California's got pretty nice weather, so I could imagine you could throw some pretty good camp drafts in California or Miami. So (laughs) never say never. Absolutely. It sounds like you're just angling for some better holiday locations. (laughs) You know me too well already. (laughs) Mate, all the best. Um, You've got uh, one more run, uh, the Savo, and then you've got the semifinals. What are you looking for as you get into the semifinals? Oh, look, it's uh, the the way the format is here that, you know, you've got to score those two the first two rounds get two scores and then it's clean slate for semi-finals so it's going there and and for someone like me you know to make the top I think they take through 10% to the semi so to be in there is just an absolute delicacy so leave no stone unturned mate just go for it it's a 90 or nothing absolutely and then look forward to the uh, post-season trip yeah post-season trip and the beers afterwards fantastic (laughs) Josh Gibson been a pleasure mate thanks so much and all the best for over the next couple of days thanks for coming down guys I appreciate that you uh, listened to my advice and came down and had a look at Willinga Park always willing to try something new (laughs) (laughs) fantastic
The Riverinas Triple M, uh, the Ringers Western Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship at Willinga Park, and we are catching up with one of the camp drafters, Fiona Palmer. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you going? Very well. How's your uh, week been so far? Yeah, we've had a pretty good week. It's been busy. We left Cooler last Thursday afternoon, and we went to ca- uh, camp draft at Cowra, drafted Friday, Saturday, Sunday, travelled down here Monday with 12 horses, um, two little kids and two vehicles, so um, nice to get here and get set up because we always love coming to Wollonga Park. So, seems like it's one of the great things about the sport is that it includes the whole family. Yeah, no, I um, have grown up camp drafting. I've got my younger sister who's here. She's just in one of the trucks over there. Amy, she's competing as well. Troy's brother's here competing also, as well as one of his cousins. So it's nice to have your family around you while you're doing what you enjoy. We can compete against each other and then sort of still enjoy each other's company at the end of the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> What are the bragging rights like when the one wins? <laughs> oh, we all have our turns, so I suppose, yeah, and we've been in the sport long enough to no, it's a great leveller. So, yeah, someone will have a good day and someone else might not have the best day, but that can easily change the next day or the next weekend. So, yeah, we, we're great supporters of each other and just want to see each other doing well. Speaking of, having been in the sport for a while, how long have you been doing it yourself? Um, I have been riding since I was about two or three and I have been camp drafting since I was eight and that's almost 20 years now, which is... Oh, no, not 20 years, 30 years now, which is my age, you know. So, no, I, yeah, I've been in the sport for nearly 30 years, um, yeah, as well as my sisters and my parents. So it's been a, a wonderful thing for us to enjoy as a family and um, that's sort of just what we grew up doing and what we've chosen to do with our own families now, so... What do you do when you're not camp drafting? I am a school teacher. Um, I haven't been back to work permanently since I had the kids, but I've just returned back to doing casual school teaching this year. Um, Troy and I also own and operate a school bus run in our local town, so um, occasionally I, I don't drive the bus, but I have to do you know all the admin and paperwork that comes with that. Um, yeah, just busy with the kids, really. We're just starting to get into junior football with our eldest, um, and in the summer at swimming lessons and all the things that come with just normal family life as well as um, trying to compete, help on the farm as much as I can. Yeah, so I'll probably wear a few hats. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, nice variety. Just you talking through the busy schedule, you've got two parents here who are just nodding in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, but we're lucky at this stage, the boys love coming along. Um, they enjoy the horses themselves. They love cheering for mum and dad. They enjoy watching us and their aunties and uncles and that as well. So at this stage they love heading down the road of a weekend to a camp draft because they've got their own little mates and yeah they're enjoying that family side of it as well having been a camp drafter for so many years and seeing you know families and stuff get into it, it must be exciting to see a facility like Wollinga Park bringing in a whole lot of interest to the sport oh absolutely I mean I I guess being married to Troy I have um first time I came to Wollinga Park was in 2015 when he sort of first started his association with Terry and um, competing on some of his horses so it's been wonderful to witness sort of how this has unfolded over the last seven or eight years and since the inception of the Gold Buckle Camp Draft which was first run in 2018 just how it's gained so much traction over the last couple of years and what it has done for the sport um, just the incentive of the large prize money how that has I guess spurred other events on to sort of raise the bar a bit too and it's
It's something that we just love coming to every year because we know that it, what the spectacle it is, but just also having a lot of your top riders, top horses here, and also people who just want to come and have a go and have a look and see what it's all about. So it's, it's wonderful sort of having seen how that's unfolded over the last couple of years. How do people go about getting into camp drafting like if they haven't grown up with it? Yeah, it's, qu- it's quite a diverse crowd of people um, in the camp draft fraternity these days. There's people who have grown up with it and they live on stations and properties and their lives revolve around working stock and riding horses and breeding their own horses and whatnot. And then there's other people who might work you know, five days a week, nine to five office job that want a horse that they can go and still be competitive on. So it's sort of really changed the... The, mar- the way a lot of horses are marketed and the horse market itself because there is a real growing demand for trained horses that are ready to go. So, yeah, it's the camp drafting itself has grown in such great popularity over the last couple of years, especially that it can be really hard to get your entries accepted into a camp draft. So there's so many drafts on across the weekend, you know, across you know Queensland, New South Wales, that, you know, it, it does spread everyone out fairly well too. It's really gaining momentum as far as people who want to be involved in some way, even if they're not riders, but they just would like to own a horse and get someone else to ride it for them just so that they can be involved because I think people can just really relate to what a wonderful sport it is. And I think a lot of that comes back to the people, the family environment. There's kids' events, ladies' events, open events um, that sort of cater for the whole family. So. And how long till the kids start camp drafting and start uh, getting into those junior events, you reckon? Um, our youngest will be five next week, so um, they can't start competing till they're eight. So occasionally he'll ask Troy to get some cattle in for him on his old horse so he can start to trot around behind a couple and try and learn the ropes a bit. I think he thinks he's ready to go now, but he's still got a, <laughs> a long way to go. But, um, yeah, they've got to be eight before they can start competing, but not just the age. They've got to be able to ride safely. They also have to be able to read cattle and, you know, be able to control their horse which you know safety is above everything else they have to really be ready to compete because there are so many variables when you're working stock that things can be a bit unpredictable it's a bit different to pony club or hacking or other equine disciplines where there's only a horse when you've got your um, cattle involved as well that just adds that extra element to it so the kids have really got to be um, well prepared and and be able to handle different situations with cattle and horses so yeah when they're ready but hopefully if they if they keep if they stay keen they'll probably be ready when they're around eight to nine years old so um seems to be the experience in quite a lot of sports um from an outsider's point of view anyway that there are obstacles sometimes to female competitors is that something you found in camp drafting um, I think times have probably changed a little bit for the female competitors. There are a lot of top quality lady riders who are just as good, if not better, than some of the blokes. They often are part of the family operation with working horses and cattle all the time. They spend just as much time in the saddle as you know, the partners do. And I think it's really shown that the, the gender barrier is probably being being broken a little bit because there are women who are really really competitive in these top events but the thing I love about it too is you know I don't I don't ride that much at home depending on what I've got on with teaching and the kids but I can still come and hop on the horses have a bit of fun have my few runs may not be as competitive as what I would like to be but it's still the interest is still there and the opportunity is still there so I think it, it sort of caters for for both ends of the female scale as to where the ladies are at and um yeah, but no, definitely some really, really tough female riders out there at the moment. We've got to let you go because we know that you've got some other work to do around the place. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to meet you and great to hear a little bit about your story and it's just incredible to see 
how big, how well run, how professional this sport is and also I guess the amazing facility that's here at Willinga Park for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, um, we'd just love to thank Terry Internet again for having us here. Um, we always enjoy our time here and because you know there's no stone left unturned, the facility is just amazing and um, yeah, it's it's a spectacle which yeah you need to really see for yourself. Absolutely, and you can do so if you can't make it down here on the live stream, willingapark.com Fiona Palmer, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's the Riverinas Triple M, the Ringers Western Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship is where we are. Willinga Park, Borley Point on the south coast and willingapark.com.au to check out the live stream of all the action. When you do check out that live stream, a bloke who you will see a fair bit of is Pete Comiskey who joins us. G'day Pete. How you going, Jay? Very well, mate. I've seen you rolling around there and uh, in the camp draft. How's it been over your couple of days? Oh, we've had a fantastic time down here. Um, you know, weather's been magnificent and um, as good a line of cattle as um, you know we've ever chased. I think uh, you know it's a 50 year back here at Willinga Park, and um, we make a track down from Nebo in um, Central Queensland, where Western Mackay. So. Uh, Three big days in a truck, and we did have four days competition before that at Paradise Lagoons, which is one of our major events up there as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a fairly hectic 10 days, but I don't think there's anyone on the grounds could say that they didn't have a proper chance at the Gold Buckle. So, now we've had a really great time. Been a real eye opener for us, um, finding out just how many camp drafts are held every year. So, you mentioned that you'd come off a couple uh, before this. Are there more coming up shortly? Absolutely, yeah. No, well, in central Queensland, you know, this is the start of our season. So because of the hot weather, we don't sort of start till end of March. So uh, early April, we went up into the Gulf. We went up to Birkin Wills and then across to Cloncurry for our national finals for the Australian Camp Draft Association and then back from there. And, and then, of course, down to Paradise Lagoons. We, um, Wallinga Park's always a annual event for us. We come every year. And then back home from here, we have... A big event to arenas at Longreach in two weeks' time. Peter Hughes and his uh, group up there, Angus Rains, president, and it's uh, it's a, a magnificent big event as well. Terry's also going to run another one at uh, Wandaan, his new property at Wandaan. I think it's scheduled for September, you know, August, September there. So it's a fairly hectic time for us right through the winter time. We draft and then uh, come to Warwick. You kind of mind Chinchilla and Warwick at the end of October. That's about the end of our season because the hot weather comes in and uh, that's our dry time of year, I guess. Yeah. It sort of winds down in Queensland, so that's how we operate, yeah three days down here with the trucks it's a huge effort what makes it so special what brings you here oh competition i think um what terry's done for the industry is amazing um you know he's taken it to a new level uh, graham acton did that in our country he um he you know built big facilities like they have here at willinga park and where we've been at paradise lagoons it's uh, 21 years running now and, and it took camp drafting to another level and then of course terry's followed on from that and taken it to another level it's uh it's all about competition at a high level Good cattle, good ground, um, you know, magnificent facility to chase them. And, and of course, the, you know, all the good guys come as well, you know. So having the competition here is always, it's great to be playing, you know, with the best of the best, I suppose, if that makes sense. That's what comes back. It's a, quite an awkward place. We, um, three big days in the truck, we come to sort of Condamine and then to Batscone and then down to here. After the truck, the horses had nine or ten hours on the truck. They're pretty sick of it. But yeah. um, when they get down here, we're very lucky. Coming from a hot climate into a cooler climate, our horses actually freshen up. So um, it's on the way back that we've got to be careful just with colic and that sort of stuff. Every day you sort of go ten degrees hotter, if that makes sense. So the horses just a rehydration and making sure they're drinking the water and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. With the um, with the construction of premium facilities like this one at Willinga Park and some of the others you mentioned, where do you see the sport going in the next few years? Oh, the the amount of uh, it's a standalone sport now. I mean, it originated from people on the properties that had a few horses and come and show. You, but there's actually people now breeding uh, horses and depths of horses, third generation 
tradition of breeding. There's people that are training those horses, you know, taking them through to big sales, and then people are buying them off the properties and better trained, better bred horses for this type of competition. And there's actually horses now that are seven or eight year old that have become very sought after. You know, people just want to buy a, a really good horse. I mean, you've got to be riding well and you've got to be able to pick a good beast, but you need that damn good horse. So, um, yeah, the horse flesh, I think uh, camp drafting is going to go from strength to strength. The cattle industry has been very strong for the last five or six years. People have worked out, too, that they can work hard, but they need to get in and do some of it. You know, there's a lot of people got that horse bug, you know, so it's yeah. just one of those things that you, once you have a run in at camp draft, it's just like, I suppose, getting in the fast car or whatever, you know. It's a uh, very addictive sport and such a family sport. The little kids are going to have a run in the morning, the girls are out here having a run, the wives are having a run now, and then the... And they can play with the others as well. It's a family thing, and um, and it doesn't matter what level. I mean, you can go and play against the best of the best in what we do, you know, and, and get better and better as you go. So, no, it's, it's a magnificent sport. We've been watching from the sidelines, but obviously have never been in the saddle. Can you talk to us, talk us through what you would consider a perfect run? So if you could have everything go your way and smooth out there from the moment that you get into the yard to the moment that you get it through those gates... What's going through your mind at each stage as you're in the saddle? Well, I think uh, the most important thing is to have your horse ready, I suppose. Yeah. And then you've got to have, there's eight, eight head of cattle in there, two go out and then two come in, so eight to six. So yeah. having the best beast to come in that's available and sometimes they'll come in a little bit not ready for the lights or big lights of town, if that makes sense. So having the ability then to go back and select a quieter steer, I suppose. And then as you bring him to the top of the yard, being able to control the steer at the top of the yard, the judges want to see you take him, like, not from rail to rail. They want to be able to see your horses control the steer, you know, like to show the ability to hold him out on his own for three or four good turns and then when you come out onto the course you go left first and then round the second peg and then up and through the gate and it all comes down to speed agility um, you know how much control you can have on your horse the closeness to the beast the smoothness of the round and the and again I think the speed you know the judges want to see you controlling a cow at good speed and if you don't not going as fast you need to be doing it really neatly I suppose you know and there's three judges here from Cloncurry and then uh, Upper Horton Rod comes from Upper Horton and then, um, you know, Diggers Rest in Victoria. So they're three guys with three different opinions and that sort of stuff. And then they bring the scores together as one score. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very fair way it's run here. And, um, you know, nobody can complain about any, you know, the way it's run. Yeah, I think it's a really good concept. Mate, look forward to seeing it. And you can catch it all on the live stream, willingapark.com.au for the Ringers West and Goldbuckle Camp Draft Championship. Pete Kaminsky, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's amazing to get the insight of someone who has been there done that and can just take us through the whole bit it's fascinating chatting with you and all the best for your ride right thank you very much for having the ringers western gold buckle camp draft championship is where we are and we're catching up with one of the riders troy palmer g'day mate how are you mate very well now uh, talk to us we've just seen you go around the arena it's an incredible sport can you talk to us a bit more about the sport of camp drafting how you got into it yeah, mate, um, I've, I've been in the sport since I was about, uh, competing since I was about eight-year-old. My family's been heavily involved in the sport for probably the last 60, 70, 80 years. Um, been competing. My grandfather competed at Sydney Show. Uh, my father competed at Sydney Show. I competed down there. We've competed all over Australia, um, drafting. They call it the family sport, but it's it's got a bit more professional these days. Um, it's Australia's own horse sport. It originated in Australia, so it's a one-of-a-kind thing. What do you reckon that the facility like Willinga Park is doing for the sport? 
Mate, the, the facility here at Wollinga, it's like the Melbourne Cup of camp drafting here. Like, there's no other horse complex in Australia. There's probably not another horse complex in the world like what you get here. The attention to detail with everything here... Um, Terry's just, we've redone the camp here a couple of times. We've got it perfect now. And um, his idea of a grandstand at the back of the camp and my idea of the grandstand were two totally different visions. Like he's got a magnificent grandstand there that seats a couple of hundred people in the VIP area there. And it's the best place to watch the draft from. But his vision to build this place and horse complex for the people of Australia and, and also the camp drafters and that, like, I know it's a long way to come down here, but everyone loves to come here now, and it's the it's the highest paying camp draft in Australia here at Wollinga. Having watched you run around, having watched quite a few of them over the course of the day today, can you talk to us about what the judges are looking for in the scoring? Because you see them run around and call the scores out at the end of it, but how does that all work, mate? It's uh, you got eight head of cattle in the yard, and um, you go and select a beast. They want to see you select a steer. Hold it up the front, show how your horse works, holding a steer away from the herd. And then it's about how much speed you've gone on outside, how much speed you're using chasing the cow, your tightness of the pegs going around the course, how close you are to the pegs, um, speed, how well your horse works going around the course. They don't want to see a horse going around out there and lifting his head when you're checking him. They want to see a nice nice uh, horse with its head dropping down and, and not lifting up and fighting the bridle. So it's about neatness and speed and, and, and athleticism in the yard. They want to see a horse that goes up there and cuts a cow out and really works a cow and takes a hold of a cow. That's what I think they're after here this week anyway. What do you look for when you got the eight head of cattle in the yard? What do you look for when you're picking one to cut out? Well, you don't have to look for much today because the cattle have been very good. Like Terry's purchased all these cattle out of the southern markets for this, especially for this camp draft, and no one else in Australia does that. Like goes out and buys two and a half thousand head of steers just to run a camp draft but but he does because he wants to do it perfect. Pat Cleary's gone and sourced these cattle from the wiener sales down in the uh, southern Victoria and all down through there they're run on Terry's place at Murrum Bateman and and uh, the guys up there Brett Petty and Jack Ridley they they get these cattle ready for this draft and they uh, have them nice and quiet to come down here and We've got feed in the backyards for them there, so they're nice and settled when they come in. So what I'm looking for when I walk in the yard is I want a nice steer just to move off me nice and quiet. I don't want him running around with his head in there. I just want him to move away from me and have a bit of feel so so that uh, when I step to him, he's moving off me and not coming into me, and then he'll move off me outside and something's a bit free moving. And um, you said it before, and it is an Australian sport. It's 100% Australian. Is it starting to catch on in other parts of the world? Is it something that other countries are picking up on? Mate, we've we've had guys go over to America and Canada and and, and do this, uh, start up a few clinics and stuff over there, but it's not too many other places in the world, I don't think. But I definitely think there's an avenue for it to take off in probably America or somewhere like that. We've had some American guys come out here and actually compete here at Malinga, and uh, Johnny Mitchell, he won the cutting futurity over there a couple of years ago in America. He came out here and competed. He's an Australian guy and been living in America for 25 years and he came out here and competed here and loved it like he just he went back and put a draft on at his ranch back in Texas and just heap of guys come over and they loved it they thought it was great but to this extent I don't think anywhere in the world will put a, a, an event on to this extent but um, we've got another event up at Queensland in September at Terry's other property Joanda Plains and um, we're hoping to have similar cattle to these but they'll be all homebred cattle not bought cattle 
Talk to us about the amount of work that goes into preparing horses for these sort of events. Um, yeah, it's a big job. <laughs> it's a big job here, uh, getting the horses ready. I've got a good team. I've got a, a good team of girls. My daughter's here, Tyler and, and Hannah Riley. She's been with me for two or three years now. My wife does a lot. She's she's flat out looking after her two boys. But um, it's a massive job. Like We've been getting ready to come to this event for the last two, two and a half months. Feeding horses, like it's a it, it's a day in day out. Horses can't look after themselves. So they've got to be fed. They've got to be washed after you after you ride them. They've got to be exercised. And, and we like to have our horses fed up, and we like to have them fit. We're jogging them four and five, six k's a day. So I got caught out here a few years ago, and my horses weren't fit enough here. And when I got to the final round, I ran out of horsepower a bit. But I learnt from that. And, and a good friend of mine, PJ Kaminsky, he. I knew that he's, he had his horses very fit and he had them fed up and looking good and and uh, when we got to the final round his horses were still had as much go on them as what they did in the first round so I learned a fair bit from that and then we have our horses very fit to come here and we have them fed up and looking good and, and they're looked after like kings I can tell you. Outstanding and you just mentioned there that you've had your first round, how many rounds through to the final for people who get that far? Um, so we've got two full rounds, the first round and then the second round. Everybody competes in those two rounds. And then we take the top 100, 100 to 120 into the semi-final. So they're the double scores from the first and second round, the highest double scores, which is normally if you could just get a double score, you'd be into the semi-final. But this year it's looking like you're going to need a couple of decent double scores to make the semi-final because of how good the cattle are this year. Once you get into that semi-final, it starts back from scratch. So your first two rounds are like your elimination rounds, and then you'll go into your semi-final. Start from naught, and you take your semi-final score into the final, and we'll have between 30 and 40 back into the final. What's the pressure like as you've gotten those two first double scores, then going into a semi-final where you're starting from scratch again? Probably not the pressure going into the semi-final. It's probably more if you run a good score in that semi-final, then you, you make the final. Pressure's here. The pressure here is in, on Saturday afternoon when there's about 6,000 people sitting around here and in the grandstands. They're sitting around here in the grandstands and, and uh, yeah, there's a fair bit of pressure on then. There's a lot of people here watching the event. Uh, there's a lot of people watching on the live stream. People riding horses for owners and that sort of thing. So, And we're riding for a $100,000 first prize check, not to mention, and plus the gold buckle. Like, they you go and ask any competitor here what they want out of this weekend, they'll all tell you they want the gold buckle on the end of the day. You spoke before about uh, it's not just you doing it, it's sort of a whole family thing for you. Is that common among the competitors? Mate, well, they call it the family sport. They, they call it the family sport. It's a great sport to get your family into because there's more and more people getting into the sport like this. Like every weekend you might have six, seven, eight different events on in a weekend, one weekend all over the place. And every, every one of those events is full with 800 to 1,200 entries at each event. So you're talking 10,000 runs for a weekend. Like The sport's gone to a new level the last five years, and I think that's on the back of Terry making the sport a bit more professional and, and putting more money up for it. And, and now those horses that we were riding five, six years ago that were probably worth twenty and thirty and $40,000 for a good horse, those horses are now worth 150, 200. On the back of there being a hundred thousand dollars prize money, first prize here at Willinga Park. Yeah, it's amazing. Between you know families getting involved and a, a bit more 
funds being injected into the sport and sort of raising the profile of it. Do, do you see it kind of expanding a lot quicker from now on? Like you, you mentioned when we first started talking that you'd been doing it for close to 20 years and then it's just blown up in the last five. Is it sort of going to, do you reckon it's going to take off from here? It, it, it still is. Like it's, it's taken off. There's more and more people, and I think a lot since COVID, a lot of city people, um, a lot of people with money in the city and, and they're wanting to invest their money in, in something they can enjoy and not necessarily come out and compete themselves but even people with money that have been stuck in the city and locked up in the city and they want to go and buy a horse and they want to see their horse compete and they can sit at home here and watch this on the on the net and, and uh, watch their horses go around and brag to their mates that they own that horse that just run 90 points and all that sort of cave. So there's a lot, a lot more interest in that way. There's a lot of people coming into the sport that wouldn't uh, necessarily be involved in camp drafting or driving cattle or working out on places or have a farm or anything. They just want an interest. And this is an interest with Australia's own horse sport. It originated in Australia. It's homebred. This originated from our work, like what we do at work every day. We're riding the horses to work, mustering cattle, driving cattle. There's Ben Hall there walking past. He's spent most of his life, he would have spent more life on a horse than not. He's been driving cattle since he was about six years old. Come Saturday, who are the names who are going to be in that arena and pushing for that gold buckle, do you reckon? Oh, mate, the top guys are all here. Mark Buttsworth, he's leading the round today. Um, he's got a team of good horses. Ben Hall, um, White Young's got a team of horses. Huey Miles, all your good guys are here. PJ Comiskey, Stevie Comiskey. Mate, there's, I don't know, there's all the all the top guys here, all the all the top blacks here. They'll be all be there when the whips are cracking in the in the semi final, and they'll be all riding as hard as they can, trying to get a spot in that final, because that's what's all about. You're not in the final, you're not going to win hundred thousand, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Willingapark.com.au. That's where you can catch all the action on the live stream. Troy, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up and learn even more about the sport of camp drafting from you. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, and all the best for the gold buckle. Thanks, guys, and uh, great to talk to you. All the best. It's the Riverine, this Triple M, the Ringers Western Goldbuckle Camp Draft Championship is on Borley Point. Willinga Park is where we are, and willingapark.com.au to check out all the action on the live stream. One of the blokes who's been very busily riding around over the last couple of days and will be busily riding around today as well is Hugh Miles. Good day, mate. Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, mate, you're riding a few uh, here today. You've got, what, seven in the uh, in the semi-final and final, and you ride a bit for Willinga Park as well, I believe. Yeah, mate, yeah. I do always have uh, plenty of work at home for Terry. I don't have any here. They're just a bit young for here at this stage yet. Yep. Uh, another year or so, and I've had to sort of start them all as babies and, and get them going from from scratch. And um, the oldest ones I've got are five, and um, I've been doing the cutting and going through the cutting ranks on them, doing the futurities and derbies, and now they're into their classics and stuff like that. And those older ones will start camp drafting from now on, but they're still a year or so off being here at this sort of a bigger stage, you know, against these older open horses. How much work goes into getting a horse to this level how many years of work will go oh to get a horse here to compete you know you've gone through you could be six seven years of training to get to here you know most horses that are here you wouldn't see too many that are under that sort of eight year old you know and they've been started since they're two and then they've been through all their training and then they've had the last two or three years of competing and then but most horses i think you'll find most horses will be that sort of 12 year old you know so yeah a lot of a lot of years and a lot of time and a lot of miles on the road going to different places and different events and getting them ready for these bigger competitions you know so we can when we get here there we can capitalize as much as we can you mentioned um, working from uh, your home and uh, i know a lot of the people that we talked to over the few days we're here have come from all parts of australia where is home for you 
Uh, Tamworth for me, so about seven, eight hours south. Oh, north, sorry, of here. Yeah, it's a long drive down here. It's yeah. not that far in kilometres. I think it's only about 500 k's, but it takes us mm. in a truck. It takes us nearly nine hours, you know. It's always pleasant coming over the Great Divide into the trucks. Oh, yeah. Well, now we've figured out the way. The first trip we came down here in a B-double, and they uh, oh. the map sent us down Macquarie Pass. Nope. Yeah, 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 no, it didn't work. No, no. no it didn't work. It didn't work at all. We had to split split up halfway down halfway down the hill, split the two trailers up, and I left the back trailer with 20 horses on it, sitting on the side of the hill while I took the first trailer down the bottom and then bobtailed back up and hooked up and went down the bottom. But, yeah, that was an ordeal. I've never sweated so much in all my life. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, mate, talk to us about... You do a lot of riding over in the States as well with cutting, is it? Yeah, mate, yep. Um, back and forwards there for several years now, um, mainly in November, December for the futurity over there the three-year-old event um normally go over there with some clients and to the sales and stuff like that we've been over there terry a couple of years ago flew us over there and we bought a couple of horses and stuff like that but i've competed over there a couple of times with like clients of mine here have bought horses and had them over there and so yeah what's the difference between cutting over there and what we're doing here with camp drafting well the cutting over there is it's like their main sport like our camp drafting here is our main sport you know so it's you know just on a bigger scale a lot more money over there. There's a lot more Terry's over there. You know, <laughs> a lot more. You know, a lot of billionaires over there, and a yeah. lot of people with a lot of money to spend and stuff like that. But cutting is their camp drafting over there. But it's different. But it's still very similar. Their breedings, their money earnings on their horses is all recorded, and their pedigrees and the way they do the sales are all very further ahead over there than we are here. But it's really good to keep in touch with what they're doing over there because a lot of their best horses we try to get the bloodlines over here to improve here and make ours better. And you know, and some of the cutting horses cross over and camp draft really well. There's some really good ones, and a lot of the ones he you know one of the horses I got in the semi-finals is he was brought over from America and he's an imported horse and the right ones you know they can make big impact on the Australian industry and the camp draft and the cutting here in Australia. What do you think it's doing for the sport in Australia having somebody like Terry Snow putting money into it and a facility like Wallinga Park into the sport? Oh it's been phenomenal it's changed lives for myself and many other people you know what we don't know if anyone ever comprehend what the ripple effect trickles all the way down to farriers, dentists, vets, breeding, service fees, you know, that sort of stuff. The snowball effect that he's had, and, you know, what we sell our horses for now, you know, 10 years ago, we, if we got $50,000, was a big thing. Now we're selling, it's nothing to sell horses all the time for 200000 you know, wow. two, 300000 you know, so it's it's in foals, you know, we'll be selling foals straight off mum, you know, I know people selling foals off mothers for 100,000, you know, and embryos and stuff like that, so he's been the driving force behind it, you know, not, not he, he's bought plenty and done stuff, but he set a standard and he set a real precedence for what we should be getting paid for, for the work we're putting in, so he's paying that, and so then people go, well, you know, well, that's what they're making, we've got to pay that, you know, and the last couple of years for me has been phenomenal for me my clients for you know what we can sell our horses for and the ripple effect going down the line has been phenomenal you've talked a couple of times about your clients what services do you offer i pretty much get sent horses as yearlings and we break them in and train them and we go through the whole process and generally go through the cutting first they'll go through their cutting three-year-old and futurities and their derbies and stuff like that and then after that we'll start camp drafting them depending on whether they're good enough to stay cutting you know for a few more years before we start drafting them or we'll go through that process but once they've been through that cutting process it really um, sets them up for life in the camp drafting you can 
it gives you a goal, an end goal to, to work towards, and that once you've got to have a horse ready for that three-year-old futurity in May in Tamworth, they've had more work than most 10-year-old horses because they've just you've had a deadline to get them ready for. So I get sent a lot of horses for that, to go through that, and even if they're not going to be great cutting horses, they've been through the process, so then they can come here and they're on the, well on the road to be a good camp draft horse if they've had that foundation, you know, and that's most of the horses that are here. There's a lot of them that the horses that do really well, like the horse that's leading this event first and second after first and second round, he went through the cutting, you know, and he's, it's just sets them up, that whole foundation and the whole thing, it's, it's unbreakable once they've been through that. You've mentioned, so you've got seven horses in the semi-final and final out of 100 or so competitors. Obviously very busy for you. What sort of a team do you have behind you to make sure that you can perform at your best? Um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I've got two girls came down here with me and I've got one girl left at home and another guy that works for me left at home. So I'm pretty lucky that they can keep the home fires burning and then I've got two really good girls here with me that I don't even have to go back to the truck through the day. They keep bringing them. They know the drawers. They know what they need, you know, which one, what particular horse needs what and they have them warmed up and all I sort of have to do, I can concentrate on watching cows and getting on them and 10, 15 runs beforehand and getting them feeling the way I want, then I can spend my time just watching cows at the cutout yard and, and knowing what cows have been there for a long time and how long they've been there for and you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's a bit I've got to be able to concentrate. But yeah, I haven't, for the last first first two days, we had uh, 14 in each round and I didn't even go back to the truck for the whole two days. I'd stayed at the arena and the only time I left was to either go to the toilet or grab something to eat when they were dragging a pan. And other than that, we were on a horse and there's a lot, lot at stake, you know, and it's not cheap when you You've got people who put a lot of faith in you, so you've got to be as much on the ball as you can, you know. And We've spoken a bit about this with a couple of the others as well, but you mentioned the keeping an eye on the cattle there. How much impact does it have on them if they're in that yard that little bit longer, or what is it that you're looking for before you get into the arena? Every second person gets two fresh head of cattle, and a lot of the time I did draw pretty well where they got two lots of fresh, but a lot of the time those cattle would come in a bit stirry. Nine out of ten times you normally would take a fresh, but... The fresh here seemed better after a run or two, so you'd be better off. There's plenty of times that I'd go in there five or six runs later and that beast had settled down. By the time I got in there, he'd settled down. He was good to then go, but if you took him when he first came in, he wouldn't have been that good. So I found here picking cows, knowing what's been in there for a little while, but not from the very start of the yard change, has been pretty important. It's been interesting finding out that part of what separates a great camp drafter from just a good one is being able to pick the right beast to sort of cut out from the the yard. How long does it take you to get good at that part? Because there's got to be a bit of sort of mind reading almost about it. Yeah, yeah, and the worst part is when there's two really good ones in there. (laughs) And then you're trying to pick between which is, you know, and that just... It happens. You sort of sometimes it feels like you know you've got to flip a coin. It's and don't worry, nine. It a lot of the time of you'll take one and you think it's really good and everyone will be like that was the best one and then the one that you were throwing you're tossing up in and it ends up being the best one. You know, but it's you've just got to you know you're always trying to improve and get better and and every place you go the cows are different, the grounds are different so you're trying to pick for them and you're trying to pick for your horse and you're trying to pick for what's going on and, and, and depending on what sort of score you need too you know, you could be like if you're in a final you're going to want a cow with that's going to have a bit more ticker, that's going yeah. to run a lot harder and faster and in the rounds here you're just trying to get to that semi-finals you're trying to pick safe cows you know but come the f- semi-finals and the final we will picking cows that are a bit riskier that we're going to try and get a bigger score you know yeah. through the rounds we're trying to only we're happy if we get 85s 86s 87s playing it safe but come the semi-finals and finals we're looking for those 91 92 point cows you know that might be it's either 
go hard or go home sort of thing, you know. Is that the risk-reward balance that you're sort of weighing yeah. up? Like you might get one that looks a bit frisky, but then they might be more likely to take off yeah. the wrong way? Yeah, but if it comes off, it could be big. Mm. But you're, you could be happy with a 88, you know, something like that. But here at a show like this, you know, 288s, you, yeah, you'll be a long way from the top. Who are you looking at in the final as people who are going to be tough to beat? Oh, everybody's a threat here. You know, if they're here and they've made the semis and they've been through two rounds already and the horses are good and the people that turn up here, are, everybody's good. Everybody's ready to win. So it'll just come down to who's lucky enough to get two very good cows and who can capitalise on it and not make any mistakes and who can make the most out of that cow, you know. But there'll, And there'll be several people who get good cows and will get two good cows, but there'll be those people that make those tiny little mistakes that'll separate from that person that risked it all, yeah. didn't make any mistakes, you know. And that'll be the one that'll generally get to the top. Is, is that hard to deal with, having that much of it up to essentially sort of random chance like when there's so much on the line oh yeah like it, it is and you, you just gotta you just and hopefully if the cows are good it'll make it really even for everyone if they're good and they're very even it'll come down to who's just wants it the most you know yeah so it'll come if the cows are very good if the cows are a bit hit and miss then it'll come down to who took the chance and it came off but if they're very even it'll come down to who pretty much who wanted it more mate it's been a pleasure catching up with you today all the best for the final i'm so looking forward to seeing the action from the final day of the uh, ringers western gold buckle camp draft championship speaking with everyone the passion that they have for this major event and for winning that gold buckle is just unfathomable it's great to chat with you hugh miles on the riverinas triple m look forward to seeing how you run in the final matt appreciate it thanks for having us Triple M. Live from the Ringers Western Gold Buckle Camp Draft Championship.